Hello, welcome to another episode of the Tai Chi Notebook Podcast. My name is Graham Barlow and this is a podcast where we talk about all things Tai Chi related. In this episode we're talking to Arnie Falk, who is the author of the book Walking on Pins and Needles, which documents her struggle against multiple cirrhosis and how Tai Chi and being a Tai Chi teacher has helped her. So, without further ado, let's get down to it. Here she is. Hello Arlene, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Good morning. What's the weather like over there? The weather is, I'm in Chicago, and today it's sunny, and it is warming up. So I, hopefully the snow is gone for the season. We'll, yeah. we'll hope so. Yeah, it's, um, well, we're not quite snowing here, but it's, it's in Bath in the United Kingdom, and it's yes. pretty, pretty miserable. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it, it's cold, but not Chicago cold. It's cold, um, but not Chicago, yes. Yeah. Um, we don't quite have your extremes of weather, but... Um, it's just generally cold. <laughs> yeah, just generally. Yeah, just sort of that biting kind of, uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, you're the author of uh, Walking on Pins and Needles, which is a book that's just come out. Um, yes. And it's about your, your memoir, really, your life story um, through to uh, being a tai, chi, a tai Chi teacher. So do you want to just give us a quick overview of the book and the story? Sure. The a uh, summary of my story is at 22 years old, I was just out of uh, college in my first job and I lost the feeling in my body from my waist down to the tips of my toes in one afternoon. So that was scary. Um, and I had an, all kinds of tests. Everything that I went through um, led to the word inconclusive. And I've heard the inconclusive uh, uh, quite a bit. So it took about three and a half months for feeling to come back, but I was young and I was able to go on and, and uh, continue my career, went to graduate school and got involved. Most of my career has been in the airline industry uh, and I, in, in Chicago, New York City, very stressful environment. I did well and one of the few women at the time that I was uh, a manager and director so it was a, t- a tough environment, um, but I did well and had these symptoms that would come and they got worse and worse. I kept mind over body, uh, sort of slogging through day after day. I didn't want to say very much because I was concerned that it would affect my career, which looking back, I think that it might have, uh, but I still didn't know what was wrong. So it was took 21 years to diagnose 21 years, which is a very long time. And that's when I heard the word multiple sclerosis. It was the seventies and eighties and there weren't, uh, MRI was not a a common, a common test. Um, So it was CAT scans and it was a spinal tap um, uh, succession of those kinds of tests that they thought maybe it was MS, but uh, not, not for sure. So I got that, that diagnosis and I was continuing with my career. fighting through the the symptoms, uh, keeping most of it to myself. And then one day in my office, I had fatigue overwhelm me so much, uh, I could barely stand. And somehow I made, uh, made it home that afternoon and I ended up lying on my couch for two years. So after being in a very fast paced environment day after day, I was a sideline, so to speak. And so it was tough. It was, well, who am I and, and, and now what? And uh, I didn't see any good options. And all my analytical leadership, all these, these skills that I had been um, rewarded for, 
really didn't come into play and they weren't weren't that useful. So it was through, it was a zigzag uh, kind of trajectory that I had and uh, ended up a recommendation of a friend uh, who had some symptoms of fatigue herself. She was the CEO of a nonprofit, very active uh, person. And she had seen a Chinese doctor, went to Chinatown and had been very much helped by it. Uh, and he had recommended somebody to her who did a body work sort of massage, but working on from the Chinese medicine standpoint would be working on the acupuncture, acupressure points to uh, bring her some uh, vitality and good health. It took me a while, but I ended up not knowing what I was doing, but I called her and started then on a regular um, trajectory of step-by-step, step, very, very slowly getting better. Uh, and it was the uh, healing person, the acupuncturist, who recommended Tai Chi. At the time, I didn't know what it was. It was in the, I think it was 1996, so middle, middle 90s. Uh, and I ended up, I didn't quite know where to start. So I was reading about it, that it was a martial art. And I thought, well, I'm not um, in a physical uh, condition to do that. But it sounded really good because uh, the classes where it was slow, I thought maybe this is something to do. My first class was with seniors. And I started with seniors. And that was very humbling because I realized in my first class, my balance was the worst in the room. So for the first, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that, that's very humbling. Uh, you know, as a young person. So I worked with the energy ball, uh, sitting in a chair. I did most of my Tai Chi in a chair for the first year and a half, um, uh, visualizing the moves that I couldn't do. And slowly I, uh, I got better. I was able to stand up. I could do the movements in the, uh, in the, the form that there was a young style form uh, the teacher was teaching and got better and better. Uh, it, it, was, it was slow, but it happened. And I got off all medications uh, regained my balance, uh, relearned to walk really through Tai Chi, through a discipline of the Tai Chi walking, and then uh, went on to teach it. I've been teaching for a little over 20 years now. Wow. So it sounds like a remarkable turnaround of your physical condition. Um, what do you attribute the, the success that you had to specifically? And I'm asked that question quite a bit in terms of, well, what was it? What is it about uh, Tai Chi? Uh, and it's my story. It's uh, different for different people. Uh, but there, uh, first of all, I think connecting my mind and my body through Tai Chi. I was very much in my mind. I thought I took care of my body. You know, I went to uh, exercise. I went to a gym. Uh, I walked. Uh, but I realized through Tai Chi that I really wasn't focusing on the moment and wasn't clearing out my mind. Um, and I think that was a big thing. And listening to my body, uh, really listening to my body, if what it was saying to me, rather than just saying, oh, okay, uh, I'm tired, or I've got that ache, and I'm just going to uh, ignore it. I started, I started paying attention. So uh, it, cal it was calm, uh, calming. I'm not an anxious uh, person, but I found it very, very calming. And I uh, I started letting go. I talk about that in my book in terms of uh, letting go, which is a hard thing to do. And it's a thing that I still work on and talk about in class that Tai Chi helped me uh, let go and be in the moment. So if you're, fo if you're focusing on where your weight is, if you're in a hip width stan stance and your knees are slightly bent so that you um, have the energy flowing uh, better than when your knees are locked and starting to shift your weight, 
that's what you're that's what you're thinking about. So there's different moves. Some of them are animal names and uh, nature. It's based on um, the uh, uh, nature and the universal principle of balance and harmony, as seen in nature, the flow and the ebb of, of nature. And so, if you're doing a snake creeps down or a move like that. And I still talk about it today in class. We say, okay, if that's the main thing you learned today, that's really good. And we in this room understand what that is. And uh, it puts us in the moment. So it's a long response to your question that I don't know exactly what made the difference. But for me, it was really having a paradigm shift in my head about what was important to me in life and how important breathing is, being in the moment, uh, and moving energy. So that concept of moving energy is, it seems simple and it's, it's really not. We talk about the mind, which is the yi, moving the energy, which is the chi. And I am asked in, in class, does that mean I think about energy in terms of moving my muscles or is that anything to do with strength? They say, no, uh, it is actually moving the energy and relaxing the muscles and relaxing the mind. So that is through Tai Chi. I think it's that process uh, and shifting around my whole way of thinking and my, not only about myself, but about the, about the world. Well, you, I mean, I've read, uh, I haven't finished your book, but I've read past halfway. Um, okay. So I was desperately cramming it to <laughs> before this interview. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I got up to 2004. So in the book, you started Tai Chi. Um, and the whole book to me seems to, I mean, it's very well written. Um, Thank you. Well, you know, it's, um, you've, you've got that sort of short sentence, short chapter uh, method that, uh, that that makes it really easy to just keep going through, which um, is a, it's a very good writing discipline to have. Um, one thing I noticed about the book as a whole, you could say it's, it's a kind of a West meets East progressed yeah. or or a conversion or um, a journey a journey from the the west to the east when you start off you're very western driven goal focused um career orientated all like you were saying all in your head and then you know halfway through we find out your body has other plans and you have to kind of shift your whole perspective into one of perhaps eastern is the wrong word but uh, that kind of the philosophy of living more in the moment and being less goal centered and uh, at one point, somebody, one of your teachers writes on a blackboard, wander aimlessly. And I quite like that um, as, as a kind of a, a guiding principle. Do you think that's a good idea for life? It, it, it might be or might not be. When you hear the term wander aimlessly, it might mean to some people, uh, they might hear no goals, no purpose. I just, I might get up in the morning and I don't know what I'm going to be doing. And, and so it is... Um, doesn't have purpose. But in this case, it was a Taoist priest that was in a Tai Chi um, school in San Diego. And uh, he was talking about uh, a Taoism and Tai Chi. And when he said wander aimlessly, it is a state, he talked about it as a state of mind with no fixed end point. And the end point meaning it, it has to do with what you were just talking about in terms of goals. That when you say, okay, today I'm going to do this, or my life goal is to do this. And goals are okay, but it is a freeing letting go that he was talking about to be in the moment um, and just let things be and let things unfold rather than to try to control them um, or always uh, doing a to-do list. So 
it has some purpose with this. Uh, I think it's good in terms of, it was for me as a, um, I wouldn't say that I'm a, a driven person, but I'm a goal-oriented person and um, like to achieve. And so when you hear wander, wander aimlessly, it sort of cuts through that and takes takes a person to the to the moment to uh, uh, with that no fi fixed ending to to be and to let go and um, to to see what happens and follow the path without trying to strive. And it it really it's very relaxing to me that that concept. Mm. It reminds me a lot of that um, TV series in the seventies, Kung Fu. Oh yes, you remember that. Um, yeah that monk in the, the sort of the, the wild west. Um, and he essentially wandered aimlessly, didn't he? Um, yes, every episode. he did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Made me think about that quite a lot. I think it was quite influential in the sort of Tai Chi philosophy, that, uh, that series. It's really nice. And I, one of the things I, I for sure wanted to do, and I, I use it at the beginning of my book, uh, even before the, uh, the chapters start. And it's a quote from Lao Tzu. And Lao Tzu uh, is an ancient Chinese uh, philosopher whom I, I have read quite a bit because I, I like his wisdom. And the quote that I use is, when I let go of what I am, I become what I might be. And that in my mind sort of sums up my book in terms of that letting go and not knowing the where the future is. We only really know in re retrospect, can we say, oh, this happened or put this, this connected. So it's going out into the unknown, and it's 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 letting go of preconceived ideas of, uh, of what what I am, uh, what, what purpose is, and actually that's what Tai Chi is about is letting go. Tai Chi really helped me let go, as I mentioned earlier, to to be in the moment. Um, and I have to think related. A few years ago, I went to a, a retreat, a weekend retreat, and I remember the um, retreat leader saying that the thoughts we have today are the same thoughts we had yesterday. And the thoughts we'll have tomorrow will tend to be the same thoughts we have today. And in order to move forward and to have, have some purpose and take a step forward into the unknown, we have to clear out those thoughts to let room for new ones. It's like a closet. You can't stuff something in a closet that's already full. So how do we get, that was really profound. I'm thinking, yes, uh, we do tend to uh, think the same thoughts. And so that's what was happening to me when I was lying on my couch. I, I didn't have any new thoughts. I didn't know how to get those new thoughts. What What is there out mm. there I don't know about? And so um, it could be Tai Chi, it could be meditation, it could be yoga, it could be w sitting and watching a sunset. Stillness, there has to be a moment of stillness, I think, for us to be able to uh, clear out our minds and get new thoughts. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you was, um, you, were, you were a very senior executive in United um, yes. at one point in your career. So how do you find um, going from sort of the boardroom environment to the leader of a Tai Chi class? I mean, is it, do you find it incredibly frustrating, the, the speed at which things move in the Tai Chi world compared to the business world? Or or do you do you find it, the same or do you find it incredibly different? I find it incredibly different. I, I would say it's a really good question. I had, uh, I think because of the dramatic 
thing that happened to me where my body said stop two years was a long time to lie on a couch and not I think back about that in terms of two years it was uh, it was frustrating in that I didn't know what the next step would be and I didn't know how to find out so you know I started reading self-help I started talking to people as I mentioned earlier um, but it, it it took it took a while it took uh, a little over two years and so what happened the transition what you're talking about from corporate the the power is gone the feeling needed is gone the who am i when you re- when i was really tied into the achievement and you know there's there's nice uh, parts of uh doing well in the corporate environment um in in feeling in feeling needed and that you're making a difference making a difference to uh not only the corporation but to the uh, people who are, are working i had a large staff and so that was important in terms of their welfare and, and their own development in their careers. Uh, when that's gone and it's just lopped off at the knees, I, I really struggled with my own identity. Be, and, and when you go out and I start going out, uh, I became really aware that people often, when the first thing they ask is what you do. Mm. Well, I had to think about that in terms of because I wasn't doing any, I say not doing anything. I wasn't tied to any anything that um, was something that um, I could really talk about. So I had to uh, change my own habits and, and stop asking people in terms of what they do uh, and ask where they live or what, how do you know so-and-so if it's, if it's in a group. Uh, and that helped me in the transition. So then to your, the point of your question, uh, living in the Tai Chi world, it's so much calmer, it's so much more balanced. Now, I would think if I had Tai Chi when I was in the corporation and had it at that time, my life might have been different and maybe more balanced. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but I'm certainly much more, uh, feel much more ba- balanced and calm uh, and can go with the flow, so to, so to speak, and really, really do that uh, and not, um, not be so achievement uh, oriented. I, I, have some, I have some goals like writing my book, but um, I, I would sort of let it, I let it unfold. Yeah. So it's a nice, it's a nice place to be, but very different. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was interesting that um, when you got into the Tai Chi world, um, you kind of, I mean, you were asked to teach a class. You didn't actually want to teach a class. Somebody asked you to teach one. And then you quickly turned into a leader again. Yeah. Do you think that's um, just your, your kind of character coming out um, from the business world into the Tai Chi world or, or would that happen to anyone? I'm not sure I can talk about my situation. I didn't think I was ready. Uh, I, I didn't because in my experience in the, uh, with my Tai Chi teachers, um, they sort of uh, decided when the student was ready to teach. It was the teacher was... Mm. And that's a traditional way of doing it. You know, sometimes they'll, they'll call it in terms of being a disciple, uh, but saying well, you're ready to teach. And this opportunity came up and I immediately said, well, I'm gonna ask my teacher, you know, if, if uh, she can has time to do it. And then uh, the answer I got was, no, no, I want you, I want your energy here. So I thought I want to accept that, maybe I can. And yeah, absolutely, I think, that the qualities I have paid off in terms of leadership and building my business. I have not, um, I've taken vacations and say some time off, but I've taught continuously 
since I started in 1999 and built a business. And I do think very definitely my business skills uh, have uh, uh, paid off greatly for that. Do you think there's a role for things like Tai Chi in a business environment? I do. And I, when I, I mentioned my own uh, sort of transformation, I, I have many people in my classes who are in business and are who in stressful jobs. Uh, I would love to see in the business environment now, it's, it's different with COVID and, and being at home and what the future is in terms of people being in groups um, is, is still to be determined. But um, I do think that there's room for, um, for, for Tai Chi in both the corporate environment and in school systems because of the, uh, the calming nature of it. And uh, that's really needed. That's really needed right now. It's a hard one for people to take the time to do that. It's still, I, I don't think like yoga is so much more um, predominant than Tai Chi. And the reason mm. is yoga has been around in uh, certainly our country and probably England too, much longer than, than Tai Chi has, it was after the cultural revolution that came to this country. Uh, so it's it's not that old, but there are enough teachers that uh, and uh, people in in business. What tends to happen though is I think it's a long shot to go into a business and and teach Tai Chi there. I think it's attracting people who are business people into a class or into a special grouping. Yeah, um, I would never guess that you had multiple sclerosis from talking to you or anything. I, I don't know that much about multiple sclerosis, but is it quite common that I couldn't tell if someone has it. It's a good question, and it it varies. Um, there are more than one. Uh, I don't want to say type, but so, uh, let me we'll go with severity. Um, mm. There are people like me who are walking around, uh, and you would not know um, that it is. And there were times that I was walking around, and uh, people would say, "Oh, you look so good," um, and I didn't feel that way at all. I could barely walk or I was in a severe uh, pain. Uh, and then there are, there are others who have a progressive type of multiple sclerosis and they might be using a cane. I, I used a cane for 15 years. I, I did do that. But there are some people uh, that don't, uh, I don't know if I want to use the re recover, but are not able to through no, no, um, nothing having to do with them. It's the, it's the uh, condition of the MS. Um, where it continually uh, progresses and gets worse. And then there are some people, and I know people and have friends, who once the symptoms hit, um, they just progressively get worse and end up in a wheelchair. So you will, you will see, uh, and I, uh, because of that, when I first did get diagnosed, I, uh, my thought was I would end up being in a wheelchair. Um, that's how I, I thought of it, because I was not knowledgeable uh, enough about it. Um, at that mm. at that uh, point in time, so yes, there would be some people that uh, like me that you wouldn't know, and then there would be uh, others that might have some physical uh, manifestations that are visible. Yeah, and I guess um, Tai Chi is one of those things where you know just regular practice has to be beneficial for for your overall health anyway. Yes, and through my experience, and there's a lot of research that's been done in recent years. Good research on various health conditions and MS. And I've seen it firsthand uh, how it's been helpful for people with chronic pain for arthritis, which uh, both osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis, 
um, fibromyalgia, um, uh, uh, Parkinson's, and some mm. other others that I haven't mentioned. But I'm, I'm mentioning chronic kind of conditions now. Um, there is something about it in terms of the movement and the flow of the energy that is is helpful. I, I have had people in class say, when I do Tai Chi, it's the only time I'm not in chronic pain. It, it's the only thing. And I don't, I'm not the researcher and the, to, to know why that is, uh, but um, it's good that it is, um, has some effects like that for, for people. Yeah. I mean, even if it's anecdotal evidence, it's still, yeah. um, you know, for the, for the person concerned, it's a, it's a huge change, isn't it? It's a huge change. Um, yeah. 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 So I was going to ask you also about um, how how you managed to teach Tai Chi during the, the COVID pandemic, which is, is it still going on in Chicago or are we, we have, near the um, end? Actually, our, uh, we've got a high vaccination rate uh, in, in, in our whole state of Illinois, but in Chicago, I, I just heard about the other day, I think it's around 80%. And they just last week lifted the uh, man, uh, mask mandate for uh, gyms and restaurants, uh, still on public transportation, healthcare facilities. Um, I'm trying to think where there's still uh, some of some of the schools. I, I th- that's changing right now. Um, there needs to be masks. Uh, uh, the air- airplanes, uh, you have to wear masks. Uh, but mm. otherwise, they have taken that out. What I'm I've been surprised about. It's been a week now. Whether I'm in the grocery store or I'm in places, most people are wearing masks. Um, so I. I don't know that that's going to be the case. I haven't been to a bar or I, I have been to a, to a restaurant. And so I'm not saying that's the way it's going to be everywhere. I don't think it, it will be that way. Um, but it's a process. Um, I think even uh, those wearing masks and I have been, it, it's um, it's like tiptoeing. It's like tiptoeing out. So you asked about how, what I did in with my Tai Chi. Um, you know, a lot of us, I think in all countries, probably yours also, didn't think it was going to probably last very long you know we thought well mm. maybe a couple of months or so and we'll be back so i think i took maybe two or three weeks um to decide what to do we uh, everything was closing down um and i thought i'm gonna try i'm gonna try online so i started in march of 2020 with online classes and continued until the fall and last fall i started some in-person classes where I teach in a suburb north north of here. It's called Evanston, Illinois. And it's in a healthcare facility, a huge room, a wonderful, beautiful room. It's probably half the size of a gymnasium. So it's good. It's very easy to social mm. distance. Now there we have to wear masks because it is a healthcare facility. There, uh, It's called Heartwood Integrative Health and Healing. And there are healthcare practitioners there. So I didn't know what that was going to be like, but we've been wearing masks. And it actually has been, we all said it's been much better than uh, what we uh, what we thought it would be. And my people in class are vaccinated. Um, and I continue to teach one class online. Um, still to this day in the Chicago proper, I haven't gone back uh, live. And in that class, I have some people who are remote anyway. So yeah, it, it's, uh, I'm really glad I, I'm really glad I did it. Uh, it, it, it paid off and you know, he, uh, it's not just getting used to it, but it is, trying to make a good class, you know, it's very different mm. doing moves and t- teaching a new move where I'm just using a laptop or an iPad. My laptop wasn't working so well. So I'm using an iPad. So it's not a very big screen. I'm on a, and so, um, 
I, not seeing the people. Um, so it's been helpful with my live classes going, uh, uh, that's helped my online now because I can see what the people are doing and I'm sure that my people online are, are doing some of the same things. Yeah, so you, so you managed to sort of transition to digital um, yeah. during the, uh, the pandemic, um, which I think most, most of the Tai Chi teachers I know have, have done some version of that. And yes. it's, it's, it's been quite good. I mean, over here in the UK, we've, I mean, the, the government seems to have des- decided that the pandemic's over. <laughs> um, <laughs> Everything's and, uh, over now. I, we didn't hear that. We saw the over. announcement. We saw the announcement on our, on our television. Boris said, Johnson, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, everyone's still catching COVID, but we've just decided that to ignore it, I think, which is <laughs> strange. Yeah, <laughs> I want my, one of my friends just caught it on um, uh, two days ago, actually. Um, and I was with him on the Tuesday and he kind of got diagnosed. Well, he did the lateral flow test and got it on the Wednesday. Yeah. So I, I've been testing myself and I'm negative. So that's good. Um, that's good. Yeah. But it's still around. But I think we just—I think the government's attitude is: we'll just pretend it doesn't exist and carry on it as normal. Is, yeah. <laughs> Learn to live with it. Yes. Well, there yeah. are, are treatment methods, and we're, we're uh, certainly in a different place. Uh, at least our two countries are, and some others. Not not every country around the world, but uh, we're fortunate to have some uh, good treatment methods and um, be far ahead of where we were uh, in March yeah. of, of 2020. Yeah. yeah. I mean, our, our vaccination rates are very high in Britain, so that's yeah. good. Yeah, it is good. That makes a big difference, I think. So, um, so now, now you've got the the book out. What's your what's your? Um, I know we talked about not having goals, but um, you did say you've got some goals. So now the book's sure. out. What's your what's your goal with that then? So the my, uh, my 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 goal is I I wrote the book because actually my Tai Chi students over time urged me to do that. Uh, what they said was that hearing my story really helped them take an actual step to do something for their health. And it happened to be a class, but then it, once you start that, there's something like taking time or going out for walks. So my hope was to inspire, hopefully from my, my story, uh, but to tell people that there are possibilities out there that they might not yet know about and to give them courage to reach out into the scary unknown um, and because it can be scary. And, and yet when you think about it, uh, when we do think about it, sometimes what we know can be scarier than the unknown. Um, we just to you know, learn to live with it. Um, so taking that, that's that step and, and finding possibilities. Um, so that, so what I'm doing is um, I'm doing some uh, book events. I've got a, a big one coming up uh, in uh, in a week. Uh, have uh, some virtual events planned and uh, getting uh, book clubs and travel a little bit across the country. Um, I want to go out to uh, New York and Brooklyn, um, and I have friends and family in Des Moines in the middle of uh, the country here in in Iowa. So I'll do some promotion uh, that way. And what I decided, and I really actually dreamed about this if I was able to publish a book, I thought, wouldn't it be just wonderful if we had a discussion, a book discussion, and did some Tai Chi? And so, oh, yeah. you know, if there's a book, I, it, it will be more, it might be more Qigong, uh, but 
energy movement. So I, I'm going to do that. I've been thinking about that and we'll start out, start mm. out with getting people with, you know, paying attention to their alignment and breathing and just starting their energy moving a little bit. So I think that will be, uh, that will be fun. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I could imagine um, if you're doing like an author reading session, you could combine it with a bit of a, a Tai Chi exercise, couldn't you? Yes. Uh, for people. Yeah. I can, I can see that working quite well, actually. Yes, it could work. Out. It could work quite well with the, the, the principles and connect it to the actual um, to our, our body sitting there rather than, you know, just listening to it. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's going to be fun. What's your um, your favorite part of the, like the Tai Chi exercises or Qigong exercises? Is there a particular one that you think's the most the most valuable the one that you do every day or? There is. Um, I like a lot of them, but in I am doing and teaching. It's a Yang style short form by Ching Men Ching. Uh, Ching Men mm-hmm. Ching um, was instrumental in bringing Tai Chi to to this country, and he had a, a studio in New York City for a number of years. He starts out with two moves. One's called the first one is preparation, and the second one is beginning. And what I, one of the things I like is that he starts before the beginning that there is not only mental preparation, but he has a movement in preparation. I'm not aware that it's an exception to what I'm going to say in that for Tai Chi uh, form, regardless of what style it might be, you step into hip width. So you're in the best uh, position of being able to, to root in the earth and be have good alignment. This one has six moves. You shift your weight on, on one foot and then you step out parallel. And then you put all your weight on that leg and then you do a uh, pivot with the uh, other, the opposite heel, and then you come back to parallel, and then go to 50-50. Mm-hmm. The attention and being in the moment for doing those six moves and being very conscious of what you're doing, it's just wonderful. I mean, it just really goes down to the Dantian, our center of gravity, to say, okay, we that's where we're going to put our energy, and we're going to start there. Um, and so, uh, another thing that he does in, in in his form when you come up i'll show you even uh though people can't see uh can talk about it with my voice but the arms come up straight in front and mm-hmm. extend the fingertips so it's it's all really paying attention to energy and how to calmly start sending the energy through your body and with all the years, I, I will tell my students this. I just said it in class this week um, with all the moves and the forms that I have done um, in my time with Tai Chi. I love and I come back to these these two movements. Again, there's others I really like. Um, but um, when you ask me that, that, that comes to that comes to mind as, as being really, really good. There's another the, move that so are the, in a lot the of simple, movements. the simple basic movements are the things that you you gravitate towards the most. Yes, gravitate. And there's a, in a lot of different styles. There are a move called waving hands like a cloud. So waving hands like a cloud, particularly if you're moving with it, you shift weight, you turn from the waist, and you just move your hand. You well, hands and arms are still, but you move the waist. It's very. It's it's almost the term in Tai Chi about flowing like uh, a water. And uh, this is clouds, and uh, you can see the clouds, the, the big puffy clouds, just in the sky floating along. And when I am really in the moment, that's what I can feel like the cloud. There's a lightness in doing that, waving hands like a cloud, that I, I really like. 
um, and it's so connected. All the body's connected, so the arms are moving with the waist, uh, not apart from it. Um, I, I work a lot on that principle in my classes in terms of moving from the waist and the uh, in the hips and trying to keep the arms still because we use our arms so much in daily life. We're so dependent on our hands, and so we tend to want to do that. And and Tai Chi is about being connected and moving as a single unit. Do you have any tips for ways to connect your arms to your body in the movements? What I do, that, that's a, a continuous sort of practice to connect your arms to your body. What I do is have, uh, where I, I start is that I will have people stand hip width apart and just put their elbows down. I got their, let's say that um, you've got your hands that they're facing uh, you're facing a person or you're up against a wall. Let's let's say that so you get the visual image yeah. of what that is. So if these are there, and then keep your arms still and just start turning over to the right, turn your waist. So people start to keep your arms still. If your arms are moving along with your waist and you're doing it for the first time, people tend to move their arms because it's a different mm. concept to just move the A. So that people can still that. The other thing I do is I will have people start to do this exercise in a chair so that their hips are, are, they can't move. Because that's another thing we do is yeah. we twist and we do our hips. So in, in terms of understanding the concept and feeling it in your body, uh, a particular arm. The other thing you do is that you can hold a ball. You can frame the center of your body with a ball where your palms are facing each other. Just visualize holding a ball. And so if you're holding that ball and you're just gonna carry that ball, keep your arms still, but you're gonna just carry that ball over in front of your left leg and then turn and you're gonna go over in front of the right. Um, so I use the ball and, and use the, uh, the hands being still. Uh, those are the two techniques I, I use to uh, introduce people to that concept of keeping the arms connected to the body. Yeah, um, you, you mentioned sitting in a chair then, and uh, I looked up some of your videos on YouTube before we had a chat, and you do some mm -hmm. uh, sitting Tai Chi. I do. Have you got any, any tips for how to sit in a chair so that you're aligned and in a sort of Tai Chi frame of mind? Yes, good good question, and there are definite tips. Uh, if you're able-bodied and you can sit up straight, not everybody is that, uh, whom I teach, but if you are, mm. I recommend, first of all, a uh, chair with a straight back, uh, if, if possible. You don't want to be too comfortable. We tend to slouch in chairs anyway, but if you're able, then it's good to sit up towards the front of the chair with your feet, flat on the floor and your legs hip width apart so that you do feel that your your legs and your hips are you're all in alignment there. And then what we want to do is I use, maybe we will roll our shoulders back just to relax. I use the concept of having a, an invisible string at the top center of your head. Think about it lifting up, lifting up, so that your li your rib cage lifts a little bit and it brings you into good alignment. I really like that uh, that visualization of the uh, the string lifting up from the top center of our head. So you can think about even when you're in a chair, if you think about you're, you're most likely in a room, there's a floor, there might be cement below carpeting, but take your mind all the way down, down to the ground and to the, uh, to the earth and think about the trees, that you're like a, a tree there and that you're feeling that earth and bringing up maybe some earth energy, some of that good energy. And, and it comes all the way up to the body and then it's lifted up through that string. Uh, 
if somebody's not so able-bodied, what I have them do is scoot back in the chair and press their back into the chair. That that will help them uh, if they're not able to to sit up. They don't have the strength. It, it really helps them to uh, uh, sit back and and press their back into the into the chair. Yeah, it's it's impossible not to actually do those things while you're talking. <laughs> I find myself sitting here, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> taking my shoulders back, um, aligning my head. You know. Lifting the rib cage is quite a good one, actually, um, because when, when we do the um, like you're drawn up by a, a thread from above on the, right. the the crown point, it's quite easy to to make it just about the head. But once your head lifts up, your rib cage does actually kind of lift a little bit, doesn't it? I think in Tai Chi posture they call it raising the back, and I think that's what they mean by yes. raising the back. It's, it's, I think it's so too. Drawing up of everything from that sort of point in the top, and it's but it's um it's very easy to forget that it involves the rest of the body too, isn't it? It it, it is, and and that's that connected piece, and we have to learn it. It's a process of uh, of learning through Tai Chi, and some of the beauty of Tai Chi is that there are principles and there are ways uh, through the movements and what we've just been talking about to uh, to connect. I also like the image in Tai Chi of a string of pearls. It's like a string of pearls. Mm. Um, that's it, it, really nice in terms of being connected. Um, that that's really really nice. As well as I use the image. Imagery is is important. Tai Chi is like silk being spun out of a cocoon, and it's continuous and it's flowing, and there aren't any corners. There's no edges, uh, and it just it's it's continuous that way. So that image, um, I do some things in my classes with uh, pulling threads just to get the image of uh, the silk uh, being spun out of the cocoon. Um, so the imagery, I think, is important, particularly in, in our Western thinking here, because we do think uh, linearly uh, and we think about corners and edges and, you know, that's that's OK. That exists. Uh, but with Tai Chi, start to really ima imagine more of a flow and more of uh, the the water, the stream and uh, the, the continuous um, nature of it. Um, so I do use visualization. Mm. I do find um, once I get into that, use the visualization to get yourself to the point where um, your body actually does it itself. Um, yes. Uh, particularly the alignment things where you, where you, you know, you, you imagine being drawn up by a point and then at, at a certain stage, your, your body is actually being held up, but you don't quite know by what, and you suddenly feel lighter and able to move. I mean, certainly when I started this interview, I was, putting my elbows on the table and being hunched over. And now I feel all, <laughs> I feel all relaxed and magnanimous. So, oh, good, <laughs> so I feel you lighter. I, you know what, I do yeah. too. I'm just reminding myself too. So I'm so happy, yes. Yeah, but you do have to remind yourself, don't you? That's the yes. other thing. Yeah, you do. Chi, yeah. Even being yeah. Tai Chi teachers as we are, you know, we still, ha we still have to remind ourselves, yeah. Yeah, like whenever I do the form, I have to do it every day and it's like I've forgotten everything. That I knew, uh -huh. and I have to remind myself all over again every day. <laughs> it's a good thing our bodies remember a lot of it. I've had people come in. Uh, I just had a student come back who had to be away for a while and came back, and she was excited, but she said, I'm really nervous. I feel rusty. And after class, it was just last night, and she said, oh, my heavens, I wouldn't have thought of that. My body remembered. Yeah. You know, and my head didn't. I thought, and I, you know, I was a little stressed and everything. And once we started moving, into, and she said, I I'm getting it. I'm now starting. I'm really getting it uh, going through this experience. Brilliant. Lovely.
well, I'm I'm feeling better anyway. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh, well, thank you for spending the time to talk to me, and um, hopefully, everyone listening to this is now sitting in a more upright position and uh, breathing and easier. Lighter. And, it just the and feeling lighter. Feeling lighter. Yeah, feeling connected. But well, it's been such a pleasure. I love talking about Tai Chi and. You asked really great questions, and I hope it's a, a, a benefit to a lot of people. Yeah, and I've, I've really enjoyed your book, and I um, I reckon I'll probably finish it in a couple more days. Um, so I'd, I'd recommend the book to anyone. It's called Walking on Pins and Needles. I hope people will look it up and, and uh, go get it. Yeah. Okay, Arlene, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Um, thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. You can find out more about the Tai Chi Notebook podcast at www.thetaichinotebook.com. You can support us by giving our podcast a positive review on iTunes and our page a like on Facebook. Just search for the Tai Chi Notebook to find us. Until next time, enjoy your training.